book of First Thessalonians. It's in a part of your Bible called the New Testament that we have not been to in a long time. Kind of toward the end. I know, what's that? First Thessalonians chapter 1. Um, I'm going to start uh, kind of a new thing for the month of November. Um, and first, let me kind of explain something that does it does kind of pertain to what's going on. Uh, our church is is overseen by a group uh, by a, a board of elders. Um, that is how our church is kind of set up and structured. Um, this group uh, takes care of all the big picture stuff. Uh, they oversee um, everything that happens here, um, everything from community groups to Sunday nights to uh, all the other things, to make sure that we stay true to what we've said we're going to stay true to. And um, this group, uh, they, we meet twice a month. Um, and we pray together, and we study Scripture together, and we talk about uh, the administrative sides of church sometimes, and we talk about uh, different situations other times. We dream. We um, express frustrations, confusion, uh, which leads back to prayer always. Um, and our elders serve, uh, they serve three-year terms. There are men who serve for three years, and they have to sit out for a year. So every year at this time, uh, something happens where um, you as a church um, have the opportunity to kind of push uh, men to the front, uh, people that you believe um, in your heart, that God has, someone that God has put on your heart to kind of nominate them to be an elder. And I, I hope at some point it stops feeling like we're nominating for homecoming court. Um, but it still kind of does because the word nomination is in there, and I don't really know of a better word. So if anybody has a thesaurus and you can hook me up, that would be awesome. Um, but but that's really kind of what, what it is. Um, is that's or it's what you're doing is you're saying I've prayed about this, I have looked at the scriptural qualifications, and I feel that 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 this guy um, God has put on my heart to nominate him. And what happens is uh, for the next month, so the month of November, the church has the opportunity to pray and to seek God's leadership and to nominate um, men from our church. And then um, in the month of December, the people who are nominated have the opportunity to decide if that's really for them or not. Because just because God told you something doesn't mean he's necessarily t telling them. And so if they believe that it's time for them to go through the ne that next process, the month of December uh, is consists of them praying, and they fill out all this uh, stuff that we won't really get into. And then the month of January, we have a team that's put together um, who prayerfully basically just makes a decision on behalf of the church as to who is going to be added to the elder board. Um, so on the table out there, uh, there is a sheet that you will fill out, and it's got all these questions on it. That you uh, that come from all the scriptural qualifications. So basically, you you fill out the stuff about the person you want to nominate. You check all these boxes, and it's basically, does he meet this qualification? Does he meet this? Does he meet this? You check off the appropriate boxes. You give that to me, okay? You put it in my hands, and then we kind of take it from there. All right. Do not do this unless you have prayed about it. 
I don't want to get any sheets tonight, okay? I believe you can hear from God, but I want to give it a little more than an hour, all right? Um, but this begins tonight, so for the next couple of weeks, you'll have the opportunity to do that. And so please be in prayer about that. Don't, please, do not mess with some guy's life by haphazardly throwing his name into the hat, okay? It messes with you a lot, okay? Um, so please take that seriously and be prayerful. God may not put anybody on your heart. That's fine. Um, but this process is beginning. The sheets are out there at the table. Um, now, the elders that we have currently, there are four of us. There used to be six of us. Two of them moved. So now we're at four. Um, the four of us, like I said, meet every uh, – we meet twice a month, basically. And um, a couple weeks ago, we sat down, and we used this, this um, kind of an evaluation tool to really um, – to kind of just assess where where we are as a church, and um, it was interesting because basically I, I gave them no warning and I, I put the the analysis in front of them and I was like I want your like initial just like off the top of your head gut about these different things. And then we then they sat on it for two weeks, and so for two weeks they kind of pondered it and thought about it and whatever. So you had like the initial things on there like strengths, weaknesses, all that kind of stuff. And then after the after two weeks of sitting on it, this is kind of where I am. And it was cool to watch the difference between them. Um, so for the next uh, four weeks, tonight being the first of the four, um, I'm going to just kind of let you know where we believe the church is. And um, that sounds kind of weird. It's not like a four-week State of the Union deal or anything like that. Um, it's it's just really I, I just I want you to know kind of where the the elders and the overseers of this church where they see our, our church positioned okay and um, I want to do something tonight that I really like it's kind of weird and it really won't be like a normal like sermon um, I'm not that I, I don't really approach it as sermons more maybe like Bible studies where I do all the talking um, but this is really just going to be like let me just tell you a bunch of good stuff about you. Okay, um, book of First Thessalonians um, is followed by the book of Second Thessalonians, and there are, are two letters, two letters written to a church, and it's interesting because they both start almost exactly the same way. When people preach, there's different kinds of, of sermons that you can give, and most of the time we kind of just walk through verses or um, stories and kind of pull out some different points and God kind of has a point of challenge or whatever. Um, that's not necessarily what this is going to be. This is going to be more of like kind of a, a framework for me to just kind of tell you kind of where I think we are. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to flip back and forth between 1 Thessalonians 1 and 2 Thessalonians 1. All right. It's probably like two pages in your Bible. We're going to go back and forth between these two passages. Now, I just really want to let you know um, kind of where, where we think things are. Um, the analysis that we did, it, uh, it's called a SWOT analysis, and some of you guys have probably done them before, um, where you talk about it's, uh, the S stands for strengths, W stands for weaknesses, the O, it's like, more like SWAT, not SWAT, like SWAT team, like SWOT, SWAT. Um, the O stands for opportunities, and the T stands for threats, all right? Um, opportunities being just like where where do you see the the biggest opportunities for us to push forward in the vision that God's given us? Like where's the next area of potential? 
and threats would be like what are those things that really could like are that we see showing up in the body that are on the verge of maybe like hurting us or maybe like some things that if we don't address them this is going to this is going to be a problem all right tonight i'm going to talk about strengths and there are a bunch of them and so i was just kind of like prayerfully just like god where like i want to get out there and just say all this good stuff and say all these strengths that, like, this is, like, where the elders are, and we see all this awesome stuff. I was like, but I want your word to tie into it. And I found myself here, and here is Paul writing this letter to this church, telling this good stuff. I was like, huh, that works out really well. Look at First Thessalonians 1, starting at verse 2. It says, we always thank God for all of you, mentioning you in our prayers. We continually remember before God the Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus. It's interesting when you look there that you see faith and you see hope and you see love. Paul was real big on those things. And you, you kind of get the, the sense that, that those are kind of some big criterion for him when he's kind of assessing where things are. Flip over a couple of pages to Second uh, Thessalonians 1. Look at verses 3 and 4. It says, We ought always to thank God for you, brothers, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more, and the love every one of you has for each other is increasing. Therefore, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith in all the persecutions and trials you are enduring. All right? So here's what I want to do. I kind of want to just pull some of those ideas out. And kind of let you know where we think things are. Um, Go back to, I'm just going to say 1 Thessalonians or 2 Thessalonians. And there's just two slides, so we'll flip back and forth. Just so we can all understand. Um, In 1 Thessalonians it says, um, they're they're remembering in prayer the work produced by faith. The work produced by faith. Um, here's, Here's what... What I, I see for this church and where the elders really just, like, when we start talking about the ring, what well, gets us excited um, is the the way that faith goes into action within our church. You know, the way that, that we don't, like, sing songs and talk about all this stuff on Sundays or in community groups, and then yet yeah, it never leaves the walls of this place. You know, it never leaves that apartment where where you meet for a community group. You know, it's not just a bunch of lip service. Um, the way that um, when when there's a need, that there's no hesitation on my end to get up here on a Sunday night or send out an email that says like, "Hey, this is what we need," and I, because I know there's going to be a response, and I know it's not going to be a response that's like, "Oh man, Pastor Guy guilted us into giving something," you know, or showing up to help somebody or, or or do something it's because in this church we really see like there's true belief you know that god has has brought us here to and and brought us together to live a certain way and to interact in a certain way and to to go to work in a certain way and to hang out in your neighborhoods and your apartment complexes in, in a certain way there is um, exactly what it, what he says here. There's work produced by faith. 
You know, all semester we've been sending community groups to the BCM to help with their renovations and stuff. And there's really, there's a, a part of me that was like, man, you know, there are going to be some people who are going to be just completely on board with it. And there are going to be some people who are going to be really against it because it's the BCM. Because some people love the BCM and some people hate the BCM. Some people, it's not the BCM, it's the fact it has Baptists in it, you know, and you're like anti-establishment or whatever. Some people, I, was, I figured you're just not going to want to go to work, you know. You're not going to want to go, like, uh tear out like sheetrock you know or whatever as you and and there's a part of me that was worried like well i guess that'll be low attendance night each month in community group and maybe it is i mean i i don't i don't really know but i know this the people at the bcm cannot thank me enough for the groups that we send out there they're like we've never seen groups show up and work hard and love each other and encourage us and just have a blast together and they are just constantly people who at the at the bcm who want really honestly just between us uh who want nothing to do with with the ring or me ever like wouldn't talk to me at at all ever have sent me emails and have come up to me and said like i appreciate your people who come like they they are such a blessing and i'm just like whoa you're talking to me you know like it's it's kind of shocking for a second but the thing is, like, I, I love the way that that's just kind of becoming the way the way that we work, you know. And when we're like, hey, we're going to come, we're going to pray for these people. Uh, we're going to pray for all these babies. We're going to surround them. Everybody just, like, just comes. Like, it's not like, oh, like, walk to the front and do what? It's like, oh, we get to pray for people? Awesome. It's that faith. It's that faith put into action. Um, you can watch on, like, we don't have to beg people to help tear down ever anymore. You might think, what does it have to do with, like, faith? Well, it's it's believing that God has brought us together to accomplish some things. And you know what? A part of that is picking all this stuff up. And so the way this church just just completely just believes that God has put us together for a reason to do these things in these ways, and no matter what it takes, like, we're we're going to do that. So if you show up in the gym one night and the air conditioning's out, it doesn't matter. We're not here to be comfortable necessarily, you know. And if we're like, hey, we need y'all to stack chairs, it's like, awesome, we need to stack chairs, you know. And whether it's faith and believing that God has called us to to social justice or that God has called us to a life of service or that God has called us to a life of prayer or that God has called our church to walk through life together, it's that faith put into action. It's that work. What is the exact wording? Um, work produced by faith. That's an awesome thing. In Second Thessalonians, when it talks about faith, it says this. It's because your faith is growing more and more. See, that's another thing that, that, that the elders were just, like, just really impressed by, is that there seems to be a very just a genuine like, pursuit of God. And maybe that's not the case for everybody. It's certainly not the case all the time for me. But it seems like in general, our church is like, like we want more of what God has for us. You know, I don't want to settle for a mediocre walk. I don't want to settle for being like a, a, in this mediocre church. Like I want more. I want to pursue holiness. It's hard. It's, it feels like it's impossible sometimes, but I want that. 
And I see that, that same thing is that faith is developing. You know, people, are, there's just this hunger for, for, like, learning more about God and connecting to God. And a lot of times you see that faith that's growing most in the frustrating times. You know, people are like, I pray all the time, and I cannot hear God, and it makes me so angry. And I think that's a cool thing. It's real easy when you don't hear from God, just be like, oh, well, whatever, you know, it doesn't matter. But no, like when you're just like frustrated, frustrated by sin, frustrated by like all these things, that faith is growing and growing and growing. And that's an amazing thing to be able to say. And yeah, it's not perfect. And we hadn't arrived. But collectively, to watch that faith continue to increase is is an, an amazing place to be as a church that's less than two years old. Um, go back to First Thessalonians. That maturity, that maturity in Christ shows up like this. Um, after a work produced by faith, it says, Your labor prompted by love. Your labor prompted by love. It's, it's awesome to be able to, um, to see that holistic care being given to people. We went through the covenant over the summer. We talked about Jesus. Jesus took care of physical needs and emotional needs and spiritual needs. And it's cool to watch, watch those things continue like, to, to happen like in, in baby steps as, as you look around the body. To see that, that holistic care that's, that's being given to people, to watch it being given to people that you really don't know very well, that's, that's the crazy part. To be a part of a community where it's like, you know what, we don't have to be like BFF for me to like care about you and to you know, help you out when you need help. That's that's pretty crazy when, when you stop and you think about it. That's not really how life works. It's not how it works outside the, the church. And it's cool to see a, a bunch of Christians just get to that point where it's like, no, I don't know you about it. I mean, what do you need? You need me to show up and help you do uh, Okay, let's do that. To watch a community group when somebody has a need, send out a bunch of emails and show up on a Saturday and help meet that need. To watch those things go on, um, labor prompted by love, one of the first things I think about when I see that is I think about our community group leaders. I think about the the work that they put into preparing those discussions and the prayer that they put in, um, just getting ready for those Bible study nights, and the prayer they put in for the people in their group, and, and uh, the the, the the times when they're they've worked really hard to prepare and like three people show up, you know. I think the, about those labors of love that those group leaders put in because they just they love the people in their group. They love uh, the the church. They believe that God's called them there to do that. And even though it's frustrating sometimes, it's rewarding far more times than it is frustrating because. If it wasn't motivated by love, then they would just, at one time, are getting sold out. Like, no, that's it. I'm, I'm out. But week after week after week after week, these leaders are preparing and they are praying. It's because they love you. I think that is amazing. I wish, I wish that, that, 
I wish that we could do more for those group leaders. I wish we could do more for those those volunteers who who work with the kids community group and the youth community group and all the all the teams that we have set up. And and I wish that we could do more. When I see labor of love, you guys are the ones I think about first. So I hope you know that as elders, we sit around and we are just completely blessed by the people in our church, by the leaders, by the people in community groups, by people who come on Sunday nights, by the people who, who show up early and help set up, by the people who stack chairs, by people who stand at the door and hand out the, the sheets. I mean, the, the people of this church, I and mean, we just sat around the first time we did it, we're like, everything on my list of strengths, it's all people-based. It's people, 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 people. And that is awesome. So great to have a list of strengths that's all about people and have nothing on there that says our building rocks. You know? Not that you don't rock, you rock. It's so great to not to not have like this list of all of strengths that are that could be destroyed by a hurricane, you know? It's about people. In Second Thessalonians, I thought about the entire church. It says, the love every one of you has for each other is increasing. That's, what, that's what, what Paul heard about this church. Is hey, the love you have for each other, it is increasing. I think, that, I think that's where we are. It is, it's increasing. People who were once strangers are not necessarily strangers anymore. We're trying to do more stuff. We're trying to do more like potluck hangout kind of things. We did eating with people that you, you don't know, and, and that was this is just going to be cool. But there's just that love that continues to increase for each other. And you can watch it when people go through difficult times. It's so it's amazing to watch people hurt together. To watch one person hurt and other people who really have no reason to hurt, but because they love the hurting person, they hurt with them. That's love showing up. It's that love that that hangs in there together. We see the love in this church increasing. Again, we haven't arrived. We're not perfect. Everybody's experience is not like that. I know that. But it's getting better. God's doing some... uh, Amazing things. Go back to First Thessalonians. Last thing he lists, your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Endurance. That's usually one of the toughest things about living in community together. Second Thessalonians, he says something very similar. So therefore, is verse 4, among God's churches, we boast about your perseverance and faith in all the persecutions and trials you are enduring. Now, certainly the trials and the difficulties of a first century church are going to be real different from us here in America. I understand that. But when we're talking about trials and endurance and, and persevering, I think one of the biggest blessings about being a part of this church is to watch people hang in there together. 
And we sing the, sang this song a few minutes ago. You know, it's like, I can see a light that's coming for the heart that holds on. And I love being in a community where that struggle to hold on is not like a one-man, like, project. Where you're not there by yourself, like, just trying to hold on. Where you've got, like, all these people that are there with you. And when you bring them into your life and you let them know what's going on, they are right there with you. They're helping you hold on. They're, like, holding, like, your hand to whatever it is. Um, they are, are right there with you, supporting you, encouraging you, leaving room for you to make mistakes. That there's just this gracious just countenance about this body. And hopefully we're moving to a place where even if you're not struggling to hold on right now, when that time comes and life really hits and you're just like, I, I'm out, you will know, but I'm a part of a church that doesn't let go. I'm a part of a church that has hope and that endures together, that perseveres together, that is patient together. And see, that, that requires that openness with each other that we talk about so much. But you think about it. As, as our faith grows more and more, and as our faith is put into action, and as there are more labors of love, and as our love for each other increases more and more, as those things are growing, that openness is going to come. So when we need hope the most, there's all kind of voices that God is throwing our way that are reminding us to put hope in him. See, in 1 Thessalonians, it doesn't just say, and your endurance inspired by hope. It says that that hope is in Christ Jesus, or is in our Lord Jesus Christ. And I know that there are, have, there've got to be people here tonight who who need that word. And so on behalf of the church, let me, let me be the one that tells you, hold on and, and make sure that your hope is in Christ Jesus, that, um, that your hope is further down the road than the circumstance that's in front of you. I have a friend that, that talks about hope being like a, a, like a lasso, you know, and we, and we try to throw it and we try to hook on to something. But too, too often we shoot just a little bit down the road. We're trying to hope in like ourselves or hope in tomorrow or hope in this and this and this. And he's like, no, no, no. The whole Bible talks about you throw your hope way down the road of eternity and your hope needs to lasso around Jesus Christ. Because when our hope is, is hooked onto the right thing and we're being drugged through life, all that other stuff's just going to go. But we're hoping in the right thing. And I think this church does a great job of, um, of reminding each other of the truth. And speaking that truth into each other's lives and not letting people believe lies and all this kind of other stuff and get caught up in, in the drama that is life. And I think we're getting better at it. And so maybe tonight, maybe you just need to come and read those couple words. Endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe that was for you. I don't know. Here's the thing. Here he is. He's talking about faith and hope and love. And we as the elders of this church, we see 
a tremendous amount of growth in all those areas. And it's not about bragging on us because that's nothing to do with us. Because apart from his spirit at work, I, we'll be having a very different discussion. But you know, it's so easy to to focus on the things that we're not, the things that we don't have, and the areas where we come up short that we really need to take time and just let God just illuminate the reality of what it's like to be a part of this church and to see his hand at work all over the place. That's that's what he wants. He wants us to pick our head up sometimes and be like, hey, look at me. I'm all over the place. And so that's what that's what the elders of this church talked about when we sat around and we talked about strengths. We see all these amazing things and all these amazing people, and we see God's handiwork all over the place. And maybe as a transfer into your life, maybe that's why God brought you here tonight, not just as a part of the corporate church, but just for your individual life. Maybe that's the same point. Maybe God wants you to not dwell on all that other stuff, but to say, hey, won't you look at that stuff in light of the fact that I'm all around you? I'm not trying to, this is not one of those like, just ignore all the negative stuff and think positively and everything will be fine. No. But when we take time to acknowledge the work of God around us, it puts all that other stuff in a different perspective. And I think that that's what God wants for us. And really, I think God just wanted, wanted this church to be encouraged tonight. Now, encouragement is not one of my natural gifts. If you ever hung around me, you'll know that. Um, and so I was really, I've been in Nashville uh, to see my brother this weekend. And the whole weekend, I was like, isn't there a, another message I could preach? Because it's just not, it's not very comfortable for me. But I hope that you've been encouraged by God's word. And I hope that you are able to bring this into your life. So here's what we're going to do. We're just going to pray. And the band's going to come up. They're going to do another song or two. And it's not going to be like a funeral dirge song. All right? Like we're, just, we're going to celebrate what God's done. And the fact that there's all this food next door. And it looks awesome. God has given us an, an amazing group of people to walk through life with. And so we're just going to take some time to, to thank him for that. So let's let's pray together.